Welcome to the Best Interest Podcast, hosted by Jesse Kramer, where we discuss today's best ideas in personal finance and investing. The Best Interest is a personal podcast meant for entertainment purposes only. It should not be taken as financial advice and is not prescriptive of your financial situation. Here's your host, Jesse Kramer. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Best Interest Podcast. My name is Jesse Kramer. I have to apologize for quite a delay in releases recently. At the end of the day, my excuse is bad planning. (laughs) Next time, I'll record a few episodes before going on vacation and then set them up for automatic release. But yes, I was on vacation. I was in California for a week, and I suppose I was planning for vacation for a week, and since then I've been catching up from vacation for a week. And so that explains the three-week break in episodes. Kelly and I, we went to San Diego, Joshua Tree, and San Francisco, which were all very cool places. But anyway, on this week's episode of the Best Interest Podcast, I'm going to give you guys a very basic, simple, easy-to-follow breakdown of the GameStop Short Squeeze. I'm pulling most of this content from a post on the blog, which I'm proud to say is ranking number one on Google for lots of GameStop short squeeze related searches. So it's set up as 10 basic questions and then the supporting answers. If you're unsure about what's been happening these past few months regarding GameStop, this episode should help out a lot. And with that, let's get on with the show. You have questions, I have the answers. So let's talk through the GameStop short squeeze that started in January of 2021. We'll do 10 Q&As today, the first one being, okay, what the heck happened? So from a very high level, let's start with the bare basics of the GameStop short squeeze, and we'll get into the details later on. Some billionaire hedge funds, they made some sophisticated bets. There's nothing wrong with that. We'll talk about those bets later. Then a bunch of normal people, so not billionaires, a normal people on Reddit, they got together and said, hey, we actually think we can gang up on these billionaire hedge funds and beat them at their own game. And so they did. The normal Redditors, they executed their strategy and it worked. And that in itself was dramatic and newsworthy. The Redditors' bets made them billions of dollars at the expense of the hedge funds. But then the story took another turn when certain establishment institutions It intentionally hampered the Redditor's cause. It kind of felt like the man was beating down the underdog. So there's money, there's drama, there's anger, there's politics. And and it all kind of got mixed up into this crazy story. So that's the basic overview. Question two, who are these different groups? So let's introduce all the characters from the GameStop short squeeze. The two main billionaire hedge funds in the story are Melvin Capital and Citron Research. Some people consider them to be antagonists, but for what it's worth to me, they are simply players in the game. They're neither good nor bad. Melvin and Citron, they made big and risky bets against the company GameStop. GameStop is a retail store that sells video games and related products. So Melvin and Citron, the hedge funds, they believed, possibly correctly, that GameStop's long-term prospects are bad. We'll cover the bets that Melvin and Citron made in questions three and four. Now we bring in Reddit and the people on Reddit who are known as Redditors. So Reddit is an online message board 
and a group of Redditors who call themselves Wall Street Bets, they wanted to take advantage of Melvin and Citron's risky bets. One Redditor in particular, whose uh, username is Deep Effing Value, he made a 40,000 bet against Melvin and Citron that at one point had turned into over $40 million. Uh, many of the Wall Street Bets Redditors use an app called Robinhood to trade stocks for free. Now, Robinhood, they play a big role in this story along with their partner, Citadel. And we'll talk more about Robinhood and Citadel in question six. But first, let's talk about question three. What is a short? So the billionaire hedge funds, their sophisticated bet was to short GameStop's stock. The mechanics of a short are actually pretty straightforward. If you think a company is good, you buy the stock for the long term. You go long. Whereas if you think a company is bad, you can short that company. So let's look at a hypothetical example, a deal between me and Shorty. Now, Shorty, he wants to short the best interests stock. Why? Well, because Shorty believes that the best interest is going downhill and fast. So boo, we don't really like Shorty, but hey, he's entitled to his opinion. So let's say that I, Jesse, I have 100 shares of the best interest stock. In order to short the stock, Shorty and I are going to enter a contractual agreement. Uh, Shorty, he's going to borrow my 100 shares of the best interest stock. And let's say they're currently worth $10 each. So 100 shares, $10 each. And we agree on a certain timeline or a schedule. Let's say 60 days or two months. So after that 60-day period, Shorty is going to have to give me back my 100 shares of stock. I'm going to lend them to him today, and he's going to give them back to me after, after 60 days. But then... Over those 60 days, I'm going to charge Shorty a small fee. That's how I'm going to make my money in the agreement. Shorty also has to put down a deposit, which is called a margin requirement. That's worth 150% of the deal because we need to make sure that Shorty has the funds to cover the deal if it goes badly for him. And we'll talk more about that in question four. So 100 shares, $10 each. It's about 1000 bucks. So uh, Shorty has to put down margin equal to 150% of that, which is 1500 bucks in case the deal goes poorly for him. But we really haven't covered. What, how can the deal go well for Shorty, or how can it go poorly for Shorty? So let's talk about that. After our agreement begins, I'm going to give Shorty my 100 shares. And Shorty is going to immediately sell them on the open market for $10 each, because that's what the price is right now. And he's going to have $1,000 cash in hand. So he no longer owns the shares. He borrowed them from me, immediately sold them, and now Shorty has the cash. And now Shorty waits. Because in Shorty's ideal situation, if he's correct, then the best interest stock will drop, right? He thinks it's a bad company. He thinks it's a bad bet. So he's hoping the stock will drop. And let's say it does. Let's say it drops to $5. Shorty is then going to repurchase the 100 shares at $5 each which is only going to cost him $500 of the $1,000 that he has in hand from his initial sale. So he'll return the 100 shares to me, because that's what he owes me, and he'll keep his $500 profit minus the little fee that he owes me, right? He sold them for 1000 he rebought them for 500 maybe he owes me 20 or 30 bucks, and the remaining $475 goes into his pocket. So in this case, Shorty, he shorted the best interest stock, and he won. 
But this story is not just about shorting, it's also about a short squeeze. So let's talk about that in question four. What is a short squeeze? So Shorty owes me my stock back after 60 days, no matter what the price of the stock is. In our initial hypothetical, he sold at 10 and then he rebought at $5 per share. But he has to rebuy my stock after 60 days, whether it's at $5 a share or $10 a share or $100 a share. And that's why shorting is very risky. There's no limit to how high a stock can go. Perhaps the demand for the best interest stock goes through the roof while Shorty is shorting it. There's no limit to how much money Shorty might lose. And to make matters worse for Shorty, his act of repurchasing the stock, it adds more demand to the best interest. Shorty himself is driving the price higher. It's costing him more money. If the price gets high enough, I might margin call Shorty. So remember at the beginning, we talked about that deposit that Shorty put down called the margin requirement. It was 150% of the short bet itself or $1,500. If the price of the best interest stock goes above 50% of the original price, original price was $10. So if it goes above $15, then Shorty's original $1,500 deposit no longer covers his potential losses. Shorty would have to put down more money. That's called a margin call. Shorty's short bet is now squeezing him out of money. The more the price of the best interest increases, the more Shorty will get squeezed. Even if he has faith that eventually the best interest will drop to five, he might run out of money first from all of the margin calls. That is a short squeeze. So the GameStop short squeeze, this is exactly what happened. Melvin and Citron, those hedge funds, and possibly some other hedge funds that kind of remained under the radar, they shorted GameStop's stock. They borrowed GameStop, they put up a margin requirement, they immediately sold their shares, and they waited for GameStop's prices to drop before they would eventually repurchase the stock and return the borrowed shares to their original owners. But the Redditors, the Wall Street Bets crew, the people on Reddit, they said, well, if we all start buying tons of GameStop stock, then we'll drive the price way up. And those billionaires, once the price goes up on the stock, they're going to have to start paying margin calls. And then eventually, they'll have to repurchase the stocks, probably from us, and they'll have to repurchase them at huge prices. That'll drive the price even higher. That demand will drive the price even higher. We, the Redditors, will make money, and the billionaires will lose money. And that, more or less, is exactly what happened. So question number five, is this based on some sort of market fundamentals, or is it based on emotion, or is it based on something else? In my opinion, the GameStop short squeeze is absolutely not based on business fundamentals. The stock went up 2,000% at one point in January, but the company certainly didn't get fundamentally better by 2,000%. I think that's a fairly easy conclusion. But it's not necessarily based on emotion either. Nobody involved believes that GameStop is truly a revolutionary company worthy of that huge of a stock price, which is unlike, for example, how many investors view Tesla. They do think Tesla is a revolutionary company. There's a belief behind Tesla that might be an emotional belief. GameStop doesn't really have that. But instead, the GameStop short squeeze was based on market mechanics, the shorts and the short squeezing. You can think of it as this weird rule in the game of investing. 
And once in a while, people will see an opportunity to take advantage of that rule and take advantage they will. That brings us to question number six. What is Robin Hood and what is Citadel and why are they involved? The story could stop right here and it would be dramatic. It was making headlines before Robin Hood and Citadel got involved. Now, Robin Hood is a trading app that enables free stock trading. Robinhood's claim is that they give stock market access to average Joe and average Jane, people like you and me. You get it? You know, rob from the rich, give to the poor, Robinhood. So you can buy stocks, bonds, different funds, SPACs, many different things on Robinhood. And the Wall Street bets crowd, they use predominantly Robinhood to purchase their shares of GameStop. And then for quote-unquote unknown reasons, Robinhood halted trading on GameStop. They forbid users from purchasing more GameStop shares. Now, why would Robinhood do this? Why indeed? So let's switch gears before we answer why to Citadel. Citadel is a hedge fund specializing in high-frequency trading. When Average Joe makes a trade, Citadel reacts in the blink of an eye. They see the trade proposal. They zip around the rest of the stock exchanges. They make the same trade that Average Joe proposed. And then they change the price of the asset by a fraction of a penny. And then they trade that asset back to average Joe. So Citadel, they keep that fraction of a penny as profit. And average Joe, he barely notices the price change. If you're interested, this uh, idea of high-frequency trading was covered in detail by Michael Lewis in his book, Flash Boys. So Citadel, they do this millions, billions, trillions of times a day. That's trillions of fractions of a penny. They make huge money at Citadel. And why is Robinhood, the Robinhood app, free? It's because they give Citadel access to their trade information. So Citadel is making their fractional pennies from Robinhood traders. Oh, and in other news, Citadel made a $2.75 billion investment into Melvin Capital early in January. That's before Robinhood shut down GameStop trading. That might be why people are pissed at Robinhood. I'm personally, I'm a simple index fund investor. This GameStop business doesn't affect me at all. But the stock market is a game. It has rules. I've chosen the boring strategy, as boring of strategy as I can. The hedge funds chose risky strategies, still within the rules. It's a game with rules. Hedge funds are playing by the rules too. Wall Street bets people, they chose a strategy to burn the hedge funds. Again, all within the rules. But when Robinhood halted trading on GameStop, they changed the rules. You can call it cheating or welching or reneging, but changing the rules after the money has been laid down on the table, that's some bullshit. That is why everyone is upset at Robinhood. They changed the rules in favor of the billionaire hedge funds, and that is extra BS to many average Joes like me. It's like we're all at the poker table. I'm sitting out this hand because it's way too risky. I'm boring. But I just saw another player cheat, and we're all playing in the same game with all the same rules, and that guy just cheated. So even though I'm sitting this one out, I'm still upset by the cheating. Who says they won't cheat me in the future? Anyway, let's go on to question number seven. Is this legal? Is it manipulation? So is the GameStop short squeeze legal? It largely remains to be seen, but so far, the answer seems to be yes. Some people are already taking Robinhood to court over their decision to shut down GameStop trading. 
Others are suggesting that the Securities and Exchange Commission is looking into Wall Street bets to see if their group effort meets the bar for illegal market manipulation. For what it's worth, uh, many legal experts that I've read, they already suggest that it would be impossible to prove wrongdoing by Wall Street bets. They are, and this is a quote, a mob of uninformed, unsophisticated retail traders. Hardly evil geniuses. So question number eight, what are options and options trading? Because many Wall Street Bets users, they made huge amounts of money in the GameStop short squeeze through options and options trading. So to explain options, I like to use a story about cookies. Let's say that you really like cookies. And right now, cookies cost $1 each. But in your cookie-loving brain, you are worried. You think the prices of cookies might go way up to $2 each. So you make a deal with the cookie baker. You'll give the baker an extra dollar right now. And in exchange, the cookie baker, he makes a promise. He promises that for the next month, he will sell you up to 10 cookies for $1.25 each. So if you're right and the price goes up to $2, then your promise will save you 75 cents per cookie. If you want, you could turn right around and resell your $1.25 cookies for $2 and make an immediate profit. If you're wrong and the price stays at $1, then your promise expires at the end of the month and you've effectively lost the $1 that you spent on that promise in the first place. So in this case, the promise acts like an options contract and the cookies, they act like an asset, just like a stock. This is uh, an example of a call option. Uh, if the cookie dealer was thinking that cookies would decrease in price, he might buy a put option instead. So an example would be an agreement to sell cookies at 80 cents, even if the market were to drop lower than 80 cents. So many Wall Street bets users, they bought call options prior to the GameStop short squeeze for pennies on the dollar. And when the price started increasing, they executed their calls and purchased GameStop shares at a much lower than current stock price. You know, the stock price might have been $250, but they executed their option to buy the stock at $20. So they would spend $20, buy the stock, immediately turn around and sell it to market for $250 and make a huge profit. Question number nine. Wasn't the GameStop short squeeze an easy way to make money? So... Yes, I do think your young years are the best time to invest. Now that said, the GameStop short squeeze was a highly risky way to make money. Sure, some Redditors made millions of dollars. They turned their nest egg and they multiplied it by 50x in less than a week, probably. But other people bought in far too late after the stock had already jumped in price. And those people are left holding the bag. Yes, the billionaires lost money but I think a lot of average Joes lost money too. I think the GameStop short squeeze was entrancing to watch, but I stayed away like the plague. Then again, I'm just a simple index fund investor. And question 10, who were the winners and the losers? This is just my opinion on how all the characters fared from the GameStop short squeeze. So Melvin and Citron, those hedge funds, they lost big. They're billion-dollar funds, and some estimates are that they lost more than half of their fund's values before eventually closing out their positions. Now, why couldn't they just wait for the price to eventually fall? Well, we have to go back because they were getting margin called, just like we talked about in question four. They couldn't risk the potential of the price going up even higher. 
many Redditors won big. And on average, they did definitely win. But as I just mentioned, I'm also sure many lost. Most people involved on the Reddit side probably had little to no idea of what they were doing, and they were mostly following the crowd. GameStop as a company certainly won, at least in the short term. Presumably their their company could somehow raise some capital, but based off of this higher stock price, which otherwise would have been impossible for them. And from a marketing point of view, talk about the best press of all time. I mean, they're all over the news. Everybody knows GameStop now. Robinhood, at the time, seemingly lost. Their public image was tarnished, perhaps irreparably, but since January, they have gone on a mega PR campaign to try to repolish their tarnished reputation. And with Citadel, it's hard to tell, but I'm not terribly worried about Citadel's billions of dollars. So that's it, everybody. Ten basic answers about the GameStop short squeeze. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode 14 of the Best Interest Podcast. It's a quick reminder. I love answering your questions, and I'd be happy to answer your questions here on the podcast. You can send them to my email, jesse at bestinterest.blog, or you can follow me on Twitter, username bestinterest underscore jc, and I'll, I'll hear your questions there. Additionally, you can go to the podcast page on the blog, and I have this handy little tool called SpeakPipe that allows you to record your questions, and then I'll play them live on air before answering them. So that's kind of cool. If you guys keep listening, I will keep producing, despite this three-week delay. I promise I will. This is happy little relationship we have, and you know the usual drill. The best interest, it is a business, and it does help my business when you listen, when you leave a rating, and when you leave a review of the podcast. So I appreciate you guys doing that. If you do find this content valuable and you want to give back, that's how you can do it. And it's all free for you, absolutely free. We can continue to invest in one another because, as Ben Franklin said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Sharing with others is investing in their knowledge. So thank you all. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of the Best Interest Podcast. I think the GameStop short squeeze was entrancing to watch. Very, very interesting. But I stayed away. Thanks, Sadie, for the sneeze.